Today we conclude our four-part sermon series entitled Advent. Throughout the weeks of December, we have been thinking about hope and peace and love and today, joy. We discovered that hope is hoping even when everything seems hopeless. For it's only then that hope becomes strength. Peace. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is the presence of God in our house, in our home, in our hearts. And love. God's love for us ought to motivate God's love from us. This morning we think about joy on this Christmas Sunday. And great joy is found and bound in the great Jesus. I invite you to take your Bible, draw your sword, turn to Luke chapter 2. I want to read just a few familiar verses for many, if not most of you. It's found in Luke chapter 2, verses 16 to 20. Once you've found your place in sacred scripture, please stand out of reverence to the public reading of God's holy word. Luke chapter 2, I'll begin reading at verse 16. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what was told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they have been told. May God add his richest blessing to the reading, preaching, understanding, and obedience of his perfect word. You may be seated. Today, when you and I consider joy, let me just simply state it this way, that joy is a byproduct of obedience. Joy is a byproduct of obedience. I don't know about you, but I'm always impressed and inspired by the shepherds. Look, I know what you know. They had a thankless job. Nobody grew up with aspirations of being a shepherd. Those Jewish boys, they wanted to be a lawyer or a doctor or a rabbi. None of them said to their teachers, hey, when I grow up, I want to be a shepherd. It was a thankless job. But just like taking the trash out at your house, somebody's got to do it. So somebody's got to do the task. Somebody's got to do the job. And so shepherds were needed in those days and shepherds uh, were uneducated they were marginalized in society they had very little if any influence very few people would even listen to the shepherds it was a dirty job and they were regarded as dirty men yet in our passage they do three things that I find um, very significant it's subtle but it's significant. First, uh, these guys hurried off in obedience. That's verse 16. Secondly, these guys, they spread the word concerning this child. That's verse 17. And then third and finally in verse 20, these guys, they returned rejoicing for all they had heard and seen. So these shepherds, they they first and foremost, they, they went about their work, they went about this reception of good news, and they hurried off in obedience. I mean, they had heard from the angel, 
do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. It will be for all kinds of people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great multitude accompanied that angel and they sang and praised the Lord, and they said, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men upon whom his favor rests. And immediately when those angels had left, the shepherds had a decision to make. Were they going to receive the good news and act upon it, or were they just going to put off obedience and do it at another time? I mean, certainly, they could have said to one another, You know what? Let's go check this out tomorrow. Let's go check this out next week. Let's go check this out after boss man uh, lets us off work uh, for watching over his stinky woolly sheep. I mean, let's just wait. Some of them probably looked at the others and said, you know what? I think that's just something that we just ate. I mean, something we ate didn't sit well on our stomach. I mean, did you guys see those angels fluttering around in the sky? And somebody else said, I don't think it's what we ate. I think it's what we drank. I think it's really playing a number on us right now. I mean, obviously those shepherds weren't Baptists, right? But for some of them, they probably had consumed a little bit too much alcohol that night, and they thought to themselves, I'm seeing things now. They had a choice to make. The choice was, were they going to hurry off in obedience, or were they going to put off obedience until a later date? What strikes me as significant is that their dilemma is my dilemma. Their dilemma is your dilemma. For when you receive something great from the Lord, how do you respond do you hurry off in obedience or do you think to yourself, ah, I'll put it off till a little bit later. I'll, I'll tend to it next week or, or next month or next year. I'll just wait and I'll put it off. Friends, what the shepherds tell us this morning is do not put off what ought to be hurried off into obedience. So I wonder this morning, is there anything that you need to hurry off into obedience? Stop putting off confession of sin. Don't put off your pursuit of holiness. Don't put off your baptism till a later date. Don't put off church membership till another time. Don't put off your study of God's word. Don't put off reconciliation of relationships. Don't put off what you ought to hurry off unto obedience in this very moment, the shepherds teach us a significant lesson about hurrying off into obedience. And they did. They, they went as quickly as their hairy, woolly legs would carry them, right? I mean, they left the countryside. They abandoned the sheep, which is the first no-no of a shepherd, right? They abandoned the sheep, and they went in pursuit of what the angels had told them. I don't know if they realized it or not. But joy is always a byproduct of obedience. Not only did they hurry off in obedience, but then they got to the stable and, and they saw the Christ child. And they spread the word concerning this child. They didn't care if people marginalized them. They didn't care if people ridiculed them. They didn't care if others made fun of them. They didn't care if nobody would listen. They spread the word concerning this child. It's not, did anybody want to hear it? That was a mute point. The reality was, we've been given this great news of massive joy, which is for all people, and all people has to include 
smelly guys like us. It's for all people. And so we've seen this Christ child, and they spread the news concerning Christ. Now, I realize that since COVID, this story has become the super spreader model, right? I mean, because they spread the news. They were the first super spreader of the gospel, super spreader of Christ. But they, they spread the news concerning this child. You know, all of us spread the news about something, don't we? We spread the news about that marriage. We spread the news about that woman. We spread the news about that teenager. We spread the news about that problem. We spread the news about that difficulty. We spread the news about that gossip. But friend, how often do we spread the news concerning that child? How often this past year did you intentionally Spread the news concerning that child, that Christ child, where God stepped out of heaven and stepped into earth, sank himself into our flesh, that he came through the virgin Mary, was born, lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for your sins and mine. He was buried on the third day. He was raised to life. How often have we spread the news concerning that child? I know this is not New Year's Day. I get it. This is not the day for New Year's resolutions. But can I ask you this? Is there anybody here who can make a commitment with me today to say, Lord, next year in 2023, I'm going to spread the word concerning that child more than I did in 2022. I'm going to make that commitment. Are you going to make that commitment, right? Are we going to make that commitment where we're going to say, Lord, this is so mega important. This is so massive that Christ has come, that Jesus is the King, the Messiah. He's the long-awaited Lord, and he came safely. We need to spread the news about that child. I wonder if you today, if you're a Christian, if you can make that commitment where you would say next year, I'm going to spread the word concerning that child more with more people than I did this year. And here's the harsh reality. For some of us, that number is one. we got to share the news with one person. The Southern Baptist Convention statistics are dismal. That the vast majority of Southern Baptists have never won anybody to the Lord. They've never won want anybody, let alone share the good news of the gospel. They've never shared it with anybody. So for some of us, let's just be real, let's just be honest. If we make that commitment today, we're saying, you know what? I'm going to speak the good news concerning that child to at least one person next year. And for others of you, you guys are super spreaders. I mean, you, you share the gospel at the workplace. You share the gospel at home. You share the gospel when you're uh, coaching uh, sports. I mean, you share the gospel. But even for you, it could be possible that you could use next year to spread the word concerning that child to more people, more students, more men, more women, more boys, more girls than you ever have before. It's subtle, but it's significant, isn't it? That in the life of these shepherds, that they were individuals who hurried off into obedience, first and foremost. And secondly, they spread the news concerning this child. Here's the third and final. They returned rejoicing. The text says that they returned glorifying God, praising God for everything they had heard and seen. That's right there in verse 20. That these shepherds returned back 
to the countryside. They returned back to life as normal, but life would never be normal again. What they had heard shifted everything. It shifted their perception. It, it shifted their, uh, uh, their influence. It, it shifted how they saw even their job and each other, their coworkers, their family members. They went back to life as normal, but life never was normal again. Is there any Christian who could give testimony that once I accepted Christ, I went back to the same job and the same family and the same problem. I went back to life as normal, but life was never normal again. Because Jesus transformed everything. I'm a new creature from the inside out. All things are made new. So these shepherds, they returned and they rejoiced. There's that word, the joy of the Lord. The word joy and rejoicing occurs 135 times in the New Testament. That's often, 135 times. Even for Luke, Luke has already sprinkled the word joy and rejoicing in the first two chapters so that you as the reader, you realize that the arrival of Jesus ought to bring some joy in your life and mine. In a place like Luke chapter 1, verse 14, at the birth announcement of John the Baptist, the angel said he will be a joy and a delight. In chapter 1, verse 44, we are told that John the Baptist, he was leaping for joy in his mother's womb when Mary came with the embryonic Christ in her belly. That John the Baptist was flipping and flopping in embryonic fluid. He was leaping for joy because of the mere presence of the Christ child. In Luke chapter 1, verse 47, it is Mary who sings her song. And Mary just says, my soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. We've already made reference, and in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all kinds of people. That the arrival of Jesus is good news. It's the euangelion. It is good news of mega joy. That's the Greek word, mega. It is mega joy. When Jesus invades your heart and home, the end result is mega joy. And these shepherds, they had rejoicing as they returned. And what, did they, what were they rejoicing over? What they had heard and what they had seen. They had heard heaven came down. And they had seen heaven in the manger they had heard glory to God in the highest and they had seen the grace of God in a stable they had heard that the Savior had come and they had seen that the Savior had ten fingers and ten toes and he is the Christ child they rejoiced over what they heard and over what they had seen I wonder friend this past year what have you heard and what have you seen that's praiseworthy? What have you heard? What have you seen? What's been going on in your life? What's been going on in God's family here at First Pelham? What's been happening in this community of faith? What's been taken, what has taken place? What have you heard? What have you seen that causes you to rejoice? I'm about to take my seat, but let me just, uh, let me just itemize a few things that I have heard and I have seen. Do you realize that over the last 12 months, we have, we have welcomed 704 new families into this community through Opportunity Knox. It was 12 months ago that I stood before you and said, hey, we're going to partner with this ministry called Opportunity Knox. They're going to give us the names. 
of new individuals, new families that are moving into Pelham, Helena, and Alabaster. And there was a small army of people that got together and say, hey, I'll go out at least once a month. And you did. And you knocked on 704 doors. That's what I've seen. And that's what I've heard. You know what else I've seen and heard? I've seen 86 people join this church and 25 come through the waters of baptism. I have seen that we had a baptism on the very first Sunday of this year and you just witnessed a baptism on the very last Sunday of this year. I don't know about you, but that causes me to rejoice over what I've seen and over what I've heard. I've also seen and heard of 17 short-term mission trips. I've also seen us commission nearly 350 missionaries from this congregation to go out and minister and serve in his name. I have seen and I have heard that, um, that we had 904 oper- Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes that we gave to Samaritan's Purse. I've seen and heard 150 uh, canned good bags that we partnered with Shelby Baptist Association. I have seen and I have heard that over the last several years, our church indebtedness has tumbled from $7.3 million to $1.9 million. I don't know about you, but that causes me to rejoice. That's just what I've seen, and that's just what I've heard. And over the last 52 weeks, every single week, when we've gathered for worship, we have worshiped Christ with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you have heard faithful preaching that is biblical, that is Christocentric, that is passionate, not just for me, but every man who stands in this sacred spot to proclaim the very word of God. I don't know about you, but that caused me to rejoice that every time we get together for 52 weeks of the last year, you've heard God's word proclaimed. That causes me to rejoice because of what I've seen and because of what I've heard. It was Craig Larson who said that he was at a church conference in Omaha, Nebraska. And when the participants came in, they were given a helium balloon. At the last service, the minister stands up who is leading the conference and he says, during this last service, whenever you want to rejoice, just let that balloon go. And throughout that hour, hour and a half service, Balloons were lifted and raised to the rafters one by one. But the strangest thing happened. At the end of the worship service, wrapping up the conclusion of the conference, the leaders stood back up, and about a third of the people were still clinging to their balloons. And he looked at them, and he said, Guys and gals, have y'all been here? Have y'all heard what's been going on? Let your balloon go. We got Jesus. And that should cause us to rejoice. At that point, all the other balloons were lifted. Friends, I don't have a balloon to lift up, but I got some holy hands to lift up. I don't have helium, but I got some hallelujahs on my lips. I don't know about you, but I came this Christmas Sunday morning just to rejoice because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I rejoice because if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to 
cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't know about you, but I rejoice today because while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. I don't know about you, but I rejoice today because God should have killed me, but he called me. God should have slaughtered me, but he saved me. God should have passed over me, but he preserved me. God should have ignored me, but he's ignited me. I don't know about you, but I've got some reason to raise some hallelujah, some helium in my lips. I've got some reason just to rejoice because God is good. Jesus has come. He died on the cross for your sins. He was raised on the third day. And like the shepherds, we better hurry off unto obedience. We can't put it off any longer. We better be a super spreader and spread the news about this Christ child. And you and I better return home rejoicing for all we've seen and all we've heard. So on this Christmas Sunday, we say one to the other, Merry Christmas. Christ has come. I wonder today, is there anything you need to hurry off into obedience? Friend, don't put it off any longer. Maybe it is confession of sin. Maybe you need to come here to the altar and pray. Maybe you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe like John Hoekstra, you just need to say, I surrender unto you, Christ. I don't have all the answers to all my questions, but I choose to trust you. Maybe you're here today, and you need to trust Jesus. You need to be baptized. You need to join this church. You've been visiting for a while, and you just need to plop and plant right here at First Baptist Church Pelham. Whatever it is God is calling you to do, then today, respond with joyful obedience because joy is always a byproduct of obedience. Heavenly Father, we bow before you. We give you this invitation. Lord, help us to rejoice. Help us to obey. We ask all of this in the great name of Jesus the Christ. Amen.